Pastor Ed Taylor on where freedom is found. Freedom doesn't come in knowledge. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that knowledge has a way of puffing us up with pride the more we know. The Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies or love builds up. And so knowledge doesn't set a person free. Only the truth of God's word will set you free. Jesus says, stay there. Abide there. Don't leave my word. And you're my disciples. And as my disciples, in verse 32, you're going to know the truth. I'm going to lead. Jesus will lead you into the truth. He will lead you as you follow him. And as you follow him, that truth will make you free. It will set you free. This is amazing grace. From Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, comes another edition of Abounding Grace as we get right back into Pastor Ed Taylor's study of John's Gospel. As you know, this coming Monday is the 4th of July, a day that we set aside in this nation to celebrate and remember the freedoms that we so often take for granted. Personal liberty, freedom of speech, and to vote, just to name a few. But here's something you may not realize. Freedom is God's idea. And he wants us to experience true freedom and walk in it. We're in John chapter 8. Now, verse 26, he says, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. Again, reaffirming that intimate knowledge and relationship that he has with the Father. Except that verse 27 says they didn't understand that he spoke to them of the Father. They're tracking with him, but this one they didn't get. So what does Jesus do? He answers even things. I love this because it doesn't say they verbalize this. It doesn't say, wait a minute, Jesus, what are you talking about? It just says they didn't understand. And, and Jesus answers the question that they never verbalized. That's encouraging to me. That, that reminds me that God knows me. That he knows me. That, that he knows all about what I'm worried about, what I'm concerned about. He knows when I'm happy. He knows why I'm happy. He knows, I, even when I don't verbalize things in my relationship with God and yours, he knows you. He knows you. Right now, he knows you. You know, as far as he's concerned, we've all gotten ready and gotten prepared, and we know we're heading out of the house. So we've taken a shower, we put clothes on. We, we all have pre- presented ourselves, but you know, God sees through that. He sees through all that. He doesn't see just the outward of a man. He knows the inside of you and me. And he loves us so much that he'll give us the answer to questions that we don't even ask. (laughs) And that's what's happening here. Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, verse 28, then you'll know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me, And the Father's not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Answering questions that weren't even asked, he once again reminds the audience and reminds us of the intimacy that he has with the Father. That unique relationship that he passes on to us 
to really seek to please the Father. Isn't that a great phrase at the end of verse 29? For I always do those things that please him. I mean, can you say that? Can you say that? I'll answer that question. I can't. I can't say that. I can't say that I always do the things that please the Father. Even if I got it 100% accurate and perfect going forward, when I look back on my life, I've failed so miserably so many times that I can't use the word always. I don't always please the Father. I don't always live my life in a way and make decisions that please the Father. But I can say this, my heart's desire is to please the Father. I can't say this, I want to, I desire to, I want to know God's heart on matters. I want to know what he thinks. I want to know insight on this situation. And I want to please the Father in every increasing way. That that really will, that really will set your life on a path of being blessed and encouraged by the Lord. But you've got to come to the cross first. That's the pattern. The pattern is dying to yourself. You go, Ed, where do you get that from? Well, notice, notice back with me in verse 28. Jesus says, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know. And in another place in the Scriptures, in John chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus said, and if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Unfortunately, that has been a misused Scripture in the church. And the way it's been used in many circles of the church today is that, you know, come on, everybody, we're here to gather together. Uh, We're going to start singing together, so let's really lift up Jesus. Come on, everybody, lift up Jesus so that as we're lifting him up, we just know he's going to bless us. We know he's going to draw us to himself. And that's not what the Scripture's saying at all, that we somehow lift up Jesus in order for him to draw near. You know, the very moment that you opened your eyes, the presence of the Lord was with you right there. And you know what? He didn't just show up. I know we use that kind of language, but Jesus was supposed supporting you and sustaining you while you were sleeping. Aren't you glad that you're not responsible for your heart beating when you're sleeping? Because then what happens? You know, what are you going to set the alarm every 30 seconds? You know, sleep. Oh, start heart. Okay, okay. I got to get some sleep. Start heart. No, he puts some things in our lives to take care of us even while we're resting in him. So you can get a good night's sleep. God takes care of your heart. So you can get a good night's sleep. God takes care of your breath. So you can get a good night's sleep and rest in him. He takes care of your mind and removes anxious thoughts from you. So the presence of the Lord is there. When he says lift it up, he's not talking about some artificial church service where let's scream louder, let's sing louder, let's just really lift Jesus up. It's very simple. What he's, what he's saying is when you lift up the Son of Man is a direct reference to the crucifixion of Jesus. When I'm hanging on a tree dying for your sins, you'll know. You'll get it then. And same with the passage in John. When I'm lifted up through that act of the death and resurrection, I will draw people. People will come to me. And he's given them a chance long before he dies to believe in him. And what happens in verse 30? He spoke these things and many people believed in him. Why is it important for you to keep talking to that person at work about Jesus? Even though they come up with crazy questions or they argue with you all the time or they give you all that pushback and they make fun of your God and they make fun of your Bible. You know, why? Why are you going to continue to be patient with them, just taking them along and answering their questions and telling them about what God's doing in your life? Why? Because verse 30 is going to come for many of them. Verse 30 is coming for their lives. And I know they're not there yet. I mean, think of your life. I mean, especially those of you that got saved later in life. Think about all the things that you did when God sent people into your life. I mean, I can't, I can't even begin to tell you the kind of things that I said and the kind of things that I tried to do. To, to, even way back in high school, when I found out somebody was a Christian, man, I really gave it to them. 
I mean, in ways that I'm not proud of because I just wanted to see if it was real. And I just wanted to mess with someone that, thought they, that I perceived that thought they were better than me. And yet, they didn't give up on me. They didn't give up on me. They didn't give up on me. And in my life, verse 30 finally came. Verse 30 finally came. As these words were spoken, many believed. So don't give up on people in your life. I know it's hard. I know they ask questions that they're just digging at you and maybe making fun of your God or making things hard for you. Um, but don't give up on them because verse 30 is your hope. You really, you're, you're sharing because you love them and because you care for them. Just like Jesus gives you the model. Don't give up on them. Verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free beautiful words of freedom. And Jesus is giving the pattern here of which we see in our own church. Remember the vision of our church? It's very simple. It's win, disciple, and send. So we see that God wants to use us to see people saved, won over to the love of God. That's what's happening here. Many people believe. And then the very next thing we do with new believers is what? Disciple. And that's what Jesus is doing. He says, now with those that believed, he immediately, this would be the equivalent of like you responding to the invitation today and you coming up to the front here to pray with a pastor and we begin to tell you what it means to follow. That's what he's doing here. If you really want freedom and you really want to live living for me, then abide in my word, Jesus says. That's where truth, true re- release and freedom comes. That's where truth resides is abiding in his word. Because you know in verse 32 it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's not just any truth. You know, universities will use this scripture. Many universities have this Bible verse up on the wall when new students come. You know, all these young students come for their four years of education. And here, come for education. And we're going to teach you the truth. And the truth will set you free. It'll set your mind free from all the things. No, no, no. That, that's, a, that, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying this. You will know the truth that comes from me and that will set you free. Freedom doesn't come just in knowledge. Freedom doesn't come in knowledge. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that knowledge has a way of puffing us up with pride the more we know. The Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies or love builds up. And so knowledge doesn't set a person free. Only the truth of God's word will set you free. Jesus says, stay there. Abide there. Don't leave my word. And you're my disciples. And as my disciples, in verse 32, you're going to know the truth. I'm going to lead. Jesus will lead you into the truth. He will lead you as you follow him. And as you follow him, that truth will make you free. It will set you free. Now, he says in verse 34, most assuredly, or excuse me, in verse 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now, we need to pause there for a second because if you're a Bible student, you know with just a simple reading, especially if you just started your reading this year, you know that this isn't a true statement. That with those that are speaking with Jesus right now, to say that they were never in bondage is a couple of things at least. First of all, you could call it selective memory. Selective memory. We're Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage. Really? What about Egypt? Assyria? Babylon? What about the entire book of Judges being in bondage to the cycle of sin? Wait a minute. What about their current condition? Their current condition. You know, one of the reasons why Jesus was crucified 
And one of the reasons why people were disappointed with his coming is they expected him to come as a conquering king. They expected him to break the yoke of bondage that they were in right then and there under the heavy thumb of Rome. They were in bondage while they said they weren't in bondage. And so either it's selective memory or secondly, I suggest to you that this is the worst form of deception. Do you like being lied to? Yes or no? I hate being lied to. That's one of the worst things you can do to me. Even if you're, um, you're just an acquaintance line, it, it is painful to be lied to. And it's really painful to be lied to by people that are close to you. But you know what's most painful when it comes to deception? It's not just somebody deceiving you. The worst pain that you and I face in the realm of deception is when we are self-deceived. When we believe the lie and we communicate it ourselves. And that's what this is. They are in bondage as they say this. They're in bondage under the hard yoke of Rome. And at the same time going, we, how can you say this? We've never been in bondage. This is another example too of many, well, and many times in Bible study or in devotions, you're going through the word together and, and, and you're just, you're arrested by it. You, you, it. It shocks you, something you read in the Bible. It shocks you. And your first response is defensiveness. <laughs> no, that's not true. Well, and, and a lot of times that happens in the Bible study. You guys don't get to see it as much as I do, but I can see it. I can see it on your face. Sometimes there'll be people listening to the Bible just shaking their head at me like they're arguing with me about it. No, that's not true, Pastor. That can't be true. I don't believe in sin. And, and I'm cool with that. You know, sometimes you even want to stand up, don't you? You go, that's wrong. Do it. I'd love to see you do it. Let's have a discussion about it. I mean, if you've got a more compelling point, then let's talk about it. But listen, listen, you, you don't have to argue with me. Your argument's not with me as I share something with you from God's word. I, I know I might be the object of that, but you don't need to argue with me. I don't want to argue with you. It, it, really, the battle that you're having is with the truth of God's word. And, and so I, I share with you, you know, some bondage, some, some issue in your life. And you go, no, that's not me. Well, well man, it, it probably is with that kind of response. I mean, they need freedom. Because their religion here in John chapter 8 has not given them freedom. It's given them bondage. And Jesus said, you guys need this freedom. And those freedoms only come through me, through the truth of knowing who I am. And Jesus answers in verse 34, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. None of us need to be. We, we don't want to be in bondage to sin. A slave doesn't abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I mean, that's yours today, friends. That's yours. You are free. You can walk in that freedom. You have to understand that these words are spoken to people that believed in Jesus seconds earlier. They didn't, like dis they didn't grow up. This isn't like it takes 20 years to become free. When, when they believed the gift that God, one of the gifts that God gave them was freedom. Freedom not to live like a slave to sin. Freedom to live a life that pleases God. True, true freedom. You see, self-deception tends to take over. And we need to be careful not to fall headlong in our own pride and not be willing to admit our need of Jesus every day, our need of freedom to walk in it. You know, I think of a lot of things. I think of some, some besetting sins that this applies to, but, but, but the, the, the greatest uh, example that I see so, so, so often is when it comes to alcohol and drugs. And, and how easily when you present yourself to alcohol and drugs, you become a slave to it. And, and I, I speak of those that are, you know, extended on that, that get drunk. 
Um, the world might call a person that's addicted to alcohol today, they call him an alcoholic. The Bible calls that sin drunkenness, but it doesn't matter. Whatever you call it, it doesn't matter because it's not good for you. It's a bondage. You're in bondage, whether it's alcohol, which is more common, but now we're going to see a much more deeper rise with drugs, uh, with certain drugs, you know, entry-level drugs being uh, made legal. Now you're going to see a lot more. We're going to have a lot more opportunity to serve people with broken lives because of alcohol and drugs. But you've got to understand something. You're surrounded by people that love you. You're surrounded by people that love you that see the damage that it's doing in your life. You may not see it as much, but people around you do. And, and they, they come with this great courage to come and talk to you and say, you know what? You need help. You need help. This path that you're on is destroying you. It's destroying your marriage. It's destroying your kids. It's destroying your grades in school. You're getting in trouble. You're saying, you know, you, you're, it's destroying you. And words of bondage to, a, to a, a time like that, words of bondage usually sound something like this. I don't have a problem. Who are you? Don't tell me what, that, what to do. I can do whatever I want. I don't have a problem. Or in the world, I'm not alcoholic. I could quit anytime. I could quit anytime I want. I'm like, wow. Like, if, if you didn't have a problem, nobody would be talking to you. We'd be talking about the weather. We'd be talking about the things of the Lord. But because of the path of your life, and I, I mean, I, I think you get the picture with this particular sin, but it's anything. Like if somebody's got the courage to come and talk to you, and, and your response is, I don't have a problem. I've never been in bondage to anyone ever. Now, wait a minute, man. I just bailed you out of jail last week. What are you talking about? You weren't in bondage. Like, you, you know, I, I was there. You know, your wife almost left you. What are you talking about? You see, people that love walking in truth, they, you, you don't want to be, I don't want to be self-deceived. I don't want to come to that place, and neither do you, to fall into pride. You go, I, I don't have a problem. I could quit anytime I want. But that's the problem. You won't quit. And what would you, you know, if you don't have a problem, you could quit anytime. What would you want to quit if something you don't have a problem? So be careful. You want to walk in this freedom is yours today. You don't have to walk in bondage anymore. You can set that down. You can give it to the Lord. Truth and freedom comes in Jesus Christ. The real freedom is found in leaving sin behind. Real freedom is found in not thinking so highly of ourselves. Real freedom is found in pleasing the Father and not pleasing man. Do you know the Bible says that if your ways please the Father, like Jesus said, that he can make even your enemies be at peace with you. But if you go trying to please everybody and trying to make things, you know, that it's, it's just such a trap, the Bible says. True freedom comes in repentance. True freedom comes in humility. True freedom comes in pleasing God, abiding in the word. Receiving the truth of God and acting on it. That is, as you abide in the word, the word abide means to hang out in. As the word of God, you're in the word of God more and it's in you more. What's happening is God leads you progressively in the liberating status of freedom in your life. Where you can know the, the, the problem and know the solution and put it to practice. That's freedom. That's true freedom found in the Lord. And one of two words describes us. One of two words describes you. We are either bound or we are free. Perhaps some of us haven't truly entered into the initial freedom of being delivered from sin. Like you haven't embraced the truth like here with Jesus. And today you'll have a chance to do that. But still many others are believers that have freedom that haven't been walking in freedom. Why? Because Jesus made it really clear Whoever sins becomes a slave to sin. That's why this needs to be taken care of right away, repentant and forsaken, because you want to walk in freedom. 
making a difference in this world for the kingdom of God, demonstrating truly what it looks like to walk in the strength and the freedom. He said if the the Son makes you free, sets you free, the truth and the promise is that you are free indeed. And you can walk in that freedom. But every time you present yourself to it, you're a slave. Every time you go back to it, you're a slave. Every time you minimize it, you're a slave. Every time you excuse it, you're a slave. And then those are progressive layers of bondage that will bury a person and discourage them in condemnation and regret. So hold a fast to this. Confess your freedom. Thank God for your freedom, especially as we're taking communion in a moment. Thank God for your freedom. Tell them while we're praying and singing, thank you for freeing me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for relieving the burden of sin in my life. And maybe there's something that surfaces where you can just confess it. Just confess it to him and watch him work in your life. So God, we, we are grateful for the truths of your word and the need to walk in freedom. And I know we, we spoke of alcohol today, but it could be said of anything, anything. So for those today that would say, well, I don't have a problem with alcohol at all. I don't even drink. It's something else that so easily could take control of our lives. And I do pray for specifically an illustration of alcohol or for some that need to forsake alcohol. They just need, it's not helping them. It's bringing them back into bondage. They're going backwards. And maybe not alcohol, maybe drugs, maybe punching holes in the wall because of anger, uh, maybe frustration, maybe sarcasm, or crit- being having a critical spirit. Or I mean, who knows what it is that we would present ourselves to it and then become a slave to it. And God, we don't want to walk in bondage. We want to walk in freedom. So prepare the table for us to receive communion today. Prepare the table that we might remember your broken body and your shed blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today as we study through the Bible and learn of God's abounding grace. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Tanner. Are you interested in hearing this again? It's easy to do when you visit AboundingGraceRadio.com or through our church app. Do a search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play to download that to your mobile device. And we're really excited about this month's offer, a book written by Steve Carr called Married and How to Stay That Way. This book will help you determine from Scripture the practical ways to resolve your conflicts and how to stop them from reoccurring. You'll also learn what the first step should be to building a solid foundation for your marriage and give you a plan for building the relationship you're seeking. That's Married and How to Stay That Way. We'll send it your way with a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace today. Call toll-free 877-30-GRACE. Again, we're at 877-30-GRACE. Pastor Ed is back with me now. And Ed, today you were talking about freedom and where it's found. And as you know, there are often some things that get in the way of us experiencing all that God has for us. Would you address that here briefly? What's the key to getting past those barriers or hindrances to freedom? Well, you know, today when we think about freedoms, our freedoms as Christians, you know, in relationship with God, Larry, the the hindrances that come is that we use our freedoms for ourselves so that we make our relationship with God self-centered or self-centric, where hey, I have freedom so I can do whatever I want, instead of 
The Son has set me free, so I am free to obey him, free to follow him, free to serve him, free to be without sinful hindrances, without bondages. I can follow him in what he wants for my life, what he desires for my life, what he, where he wants me to be. And I just think, you know, we, so many take the freedom of Christ and they make it all about themselves. What can you get away with? How much can I do? How much can I possibly do without losing salvation or without losing relationship or whatever? Instead of abiding in Christ, obeying him and understanding that you are free from sin and shame and guilt and you are free from serving yourself, real freedom comes in following Jesus. Remember, no one can serve two masters. He'll either hate the one or love the other, Jesus taught us, or he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. Real freedom is found only in him. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. And friend, don't forget, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Come back tomorrow on Abounding Grace when Pastor Ed Taylor spotlights Jesus, the eternal I am. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.